Okay, firstly, just say uh, thank you for your prayers. Um, if you've been uh, around the last couple of weeks, you know we've uh, um, been a bit poorly. So uh, thank you for your prayers. Uh, please continue. Um, and if uh, towards the end of this sermon I keel over, um, just make the rest up yourself. Um, God is good. Uh, God would have been good uh, whether I was stood here or not today. That's the truth. God's not a vending machine and he's only good when we get what we want. God is God and God is good all the time. There's another sermon in there. Hopefully you're not getting it today. Uh, Let's uh, read our reading if we can, please, Pete. Reading from Colossians. Um, uh, It says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all this, these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um. Quite a lot in there. Quite a lot in there. Uh, We're going to be somewhat selective. Sorry, I'm being hassled. I'm being echoed from from. Okay. So, um, if you remember, uh, the passage that came before this... um, was talking about the, 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 the old life and the old clothes. And I, I need you to help me this morning. Uh, whenever you see anything in speech bubbles, uh, I'd like you to join in, please. So, uh, all together now, get them off! Okay, I never thought I'd stand on a stage at LMC and have a congregation shout at me, get them off! But there you go. And if you remember all those things that um, we were looking at last, last week, the guy we were talking about, um, the ways of the old life. And, um, you know, how they don't belong. They're not in keeping with the new life. Um, some of you may know, I, I'm, a, I'm a gardener by trade now, and um, come Monday morning, I'll, I'll be dressed in, in, in my, uh, in my uh, work clothes, and they'll be clean. Come Friday, they'll be covered in grass, mud, um, sheep muck, possibly dog muck, worst of all, cat muck. Um, the, um, it's not lambing time, but if at lambing time, they could also be covered in uh, what we gracefully refer to as sheep's knot. Um, and um, 
just imagine everything else that's out there that I'm in contact with ends up on my clothes. Plus the fact that from inside I'm sweating like a pig. So come Friday, them clothes can pretty much stand up on their own. And they do, yeah. How ridiculous if come the following Monday I went and put them back on again. How ridiculous if the following Monday I went and put them back on again. A new week, new clothes. Let's not hang around in our dirty clothes. Get them off. Okay. Keep that in mind, please. As we come up to our scripture that we're looking at today. And uh, after three, please. Who are you? That's right, who are you? And um, of course, that's where we're starting. That's where our passage starts. But actually, the question is not who are you, but look carefully. Whose are you? That's right. Because our passage starts off by saying that we're God's. We belong to Him. We're dearly loved by Him. I don't know uh, if you've ever considered that, if you've actually ever um, wondered, and um, I kind of mean wondered in, in both senses of the word, thought about it, but also kind of just been blown away by the fact that we're, we're gods and we're, we're dearly loved by him. Um, chosen. Holy, set aside. And anything that follows, follows as a result of whose we are. Anything that follows, anything that, any changes in our life, are not down to us having a great plan, not down to us having some kind of um, self-help book or anything like that. It comes out of relationship and knowing that we belong to God and that we, uh, we need to be more like Jesus. So we talked about the old clothes uh, Gary did last week. Um, talked about who we belong to and because of who we belong to we've got a new set of clothes. So, one, two, three. Get them on. on, which is more likely what folk might say. Get them on. That's right. Get them on. Now, I'm not sure whether this is a universal phenomenon. I know it happened to me on more than one occasion. I know it's happened to one of my household on more than one occasion. And I know it's happened to numerous children that, uh, in my uh, former profession um, on PE day, got found out. When we'd be getting changed for PE and the trousers would come down, nice jammers. <laughs> and the T-shirt would come off. Superman. Marvellous, yeah. Can't beat a pair of Superman jammers, can you, in the morning? And where the child would basically put one set of clothes on on top of the other. And it's usually the same children that at the end of the lesson, at home time, are sweating like, like mad. And then you realise that they put the clothes on over the top of the PE kit. 
Ridiculous, isn't it? And yet, as Christians, there's a temptation that what we'll do is, rather than getting rid of the old clothes, we'll just try and squeeze the new ones on top. And sooner or later, A, you look stupid, because let's face it, most people can tell. Most people can tell. And sooner or later, the hem band of what's underneath pops out. Or the button comes undone and you can see what's underneath. Or you get in a, uh, in a more, uh, shall we say, a more tricky situation and uh, what's underneath gets seen. We're fooling no one. Get the old off, get the new on. So here we go then, here we've got... Um, Paul's top eight essentials for this season. And this is the season of being a Christian. Um, put a little picture on at the bottom. Uh, we're big in fashion on our, in our house, obviously. Uh, and uh, one of us is, yeah. And uh, <laughs> they're not here today, just in case you're guessing. Um, and uh, that's, to me, as I look at you, uh, that's how you all look, Okay you all fit that stereotypical uh, image of what it is to be a fashionista. Well done, everybody. Uh, This is what we should be putting on. Compassion. Do you remember that that passage in in, uh, in the Gospels? I know I feel the same. where Jesus looks out over Jerusalem and he just has compassion for the people. The people that should be getting it so right that are getting it so wrong. Have you ever been moved to tears by compassion? It's not a bad thing. It shows that some of that passion of Jesus is within you. That compassion of Jesus is within you. To see a broken world and see it wanting, needing fixing. But you might look a clown if you've got compassion. Because you will move to tears. Or to anger. Or to action. Compassion. Kindness. We're good at kindness, aren't we? Until maybe it starts to cost us a bit more or there's a sacrifice in it for us. But kindness. To look upon somebody else and just want the very best for them. Regardless of who they are, regardless of what they look like, regardless of how they behave, just to want the very best for them and to actually do something about it.
saw that demonstrated time and time and time again in Jesus' life, didn't we? How he looked, he experienced compassion, and out of kindness did something to help. The woman that had uh, uh, been hemorrhaging um, for years and years and years and just reached out and touched his cloak. And in the middle of all the agenda, in the middle of all the busyness, in the, in the middle of the got to get to and everything else, Jesus stops. And in kindness, has time for this woman. Humility. Not thinking yourself better than others. One description, we could have one definition. Having, as the Bible puts it, sober judgment of yourself. Not being a doormat for everybody. That's different. But actually recognising that you know better, no worse than anybody else that God has made and loves. How often are you willing to be nobody? In church, how often are you willing to be nobody? In your conversations, how often do you somehow end up promoting yourself rather than other people? One is knowing humility and the other one is failing to exercise it. Gentleness. We see so often in the life of Jesus that, yet, there's a time to be a bull in a china shop as he, enters, as he clears the, uh, the temple. There's a time to speak directly and um, to be as subtle as a brick. But there's also a time for gentleness. There's also a time just to let the other person do their thing and to stand there and to help pick up the pieces afterwards. To speak a word, a truth, but in love. Gentleness. Patience. Beware what you ask for. Patience. If you ask for it, you might get it. But if you get it, you'll need it. Patience that allows you to be with people that drive you mad. To be with people that keep doing that same thing over and over and over again. It's a limited, uh, it's a limited um, analogy, but are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? 
Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yes, eventually we'll be there. But in the process of getting there, we need patience with each other. Just remember, when it comes to your kids, chucking them out the window of the car is not an option. (laughs) Similarly, we brothers and sisters in Christ. I put long suffering for that for this next one. Uh, in, in the NIV, it says, "Bear with them." Um, bear with them. Um, I suppose a, a, a more modern word might be tolerance. Um, but I don't like the word tolerance because that tends to be like you know you're going to tolerate somebody because they've got a problem. Well, actually, if you're bearing with somebody, you've got a problem with them or something that they do. So you're going to have to do some long-suffering. Because they might not change. They might not change. And as we, we said, we're, we're not doing the journey uh, analogy, um, but um, our Christian life and our Christian life together, more often than not, is a marathon, not a sprint. So get used to putting up with each other. Get used to... Um, saying to yourself in Christ, yeah, they're going off on one again. But God love them, and so will I. And forgiveness. Jesus sets quite a, uh, a tough example to follow in two ways, doesn't he? When uh, the disciples come to him, and, and I, I imagine it being Peter, really, and, and the, the subtext for what Peter asks, he, he says, uh, how many times must I forgive my brother? The subtext is, how soon can I eat him? How soon can I tear him limb from limb uh, because he's really winding me up? <clears throat> and Jesus says, well, what do you think? And he says, oh, seven times. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he's at six already. And Jesus says, well, try 70 times 7. And if that's not hard enough, we get the Son of Man, God himself, nailed to a cross. Turbulent times. Who's got the power to actually just step down and wipe everybody out? Who's got the power to call angels down to defend him? to sort the people out. And he says, Father, forgive them. Even though they're killing me, even though they're torturing me, forgive them. Even though they've totally missed the point of who I am, forgive them. Forgive them. Paul's final essential, which kind of completes the outfit for this season, is love. And I almost get the impression, not being an expert on fashion as you can tell, but I almost get the impression that what Paul's saying is, look, if there's a relationship that's not dealt with by compassion or kindness, or humility, or gentleness, or patience, or long-suffering, bearing with one another, 
or forgiveness, then love ought to sort it. Love ought to cover the last bit. So how are you doing? Is your wardrobe complete? Or are you lacking a piece or two? when it comes to our relationships with one another? Are we making full use of God's wardrobe that he's given us? Or are there areas that we need to work on being more like Jesus? If you want dressing like him. Just stop and let's just pray. We're not finished, but we're just having a pause. Oh, Father, thank you that in Jesus you set us the ultimate example of what it is to be a child of God. Thank you that everything that he did, he did out of his identity, his known identity, who he was in you. Father, thank you that Jesus exampled each item that we've looked at. Father, we come to you and we know that if we're serious about following you, these things have to be our clothes too. Father, will you impress upon us Maybe one, or maybe two, areas that in our lives we need to, uh, yeah, just be more diligent in putting on and, and working at and allowing you to work in us. That Christ's likeness would be seen more in us. that we would experience his his likeness in us more and that others would experience it too. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay. So just coming to the the end of our reading today, and Paul puts out some actions um, that promote... um, Effective Christian living together. Communal living. Church, if you want to put it that way. Um, <clears throat> but there are also things we should watch out for because if, if we don't see these things and we don't experience these things, then I suggest it's because we're not wearing what we should be wearing. <clears throat> so here we go. Peace. Peace. Um, peace is not just the absence of strife. The peace that uh, Jesus talks about, it comes from him and he gives it to us, uh, but we also share it together, just as we shared 
grace and peace this morning, didn't we? Um, peace, this peace, you know, uh, individually it's so important. It only takes one person who's not at peace to affect other people and to disturb their peace. Individually this is important because um, it comes from our individual relationship with God. Dipping into the other sermon. A um, couple of Sunday nights ago, uh, we'd done worship and what have you, encounter, uh, finished it off by being in A&E. And uh, that's not the normal pattern. <laughs> Just in case you've never been and you were thinking of giving it a go. Uh, that's not the normal pattern. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah. Um, not being able to breathe, literally. Snatching at breath and it, it not being there. And... Uh, God had given me a word in my quiet time a couple of days before uh, from 2 Timothy where it says, um, Paul says, um, uh, I know who I've believed. I am confident that he is able to keep that that I have given him until that final day. And don't, long, don't dwell too long on the, on the picture but as I sat on the toilet, not being able to breathe, thinking I'm going to fall off this in a minute, and shaking violently, that word came back to me. And suddenly, I knew peace. That whatever happened, it was okay. That was just the rehearsal for two weeks later when uh, I ended up back in hospital. Uh, and they said, oh, you've got blood clots on your lungs. That's why I wouldn't eat it all the week. Um, you've got blood clots on your lungs. Oh. But peace, it don't matter. It's okay. It's okay. Everything's not perfect, everything's not rosy, but I'm at peace. It's okay. Thankfulness. When did you last thank somebody in church? I mean, it's all right being, you know, it's easy for us to be thankful for God, to God because we see him at work in our lives, but, but only when he's doing what we want quite often, isn't it? That? Being thankful that he's God even when he's not doing what we want. Knocking on into being thankful for one another, for what? one another means to God and what one another should mean to each other. If you find it difficult to be thankful, why? Why do you find it difficult to be thankful? I don't know the answer, I'm just asking you. Ask God to show you. Internalising the word 
or letting Christ's word dwell richly, live richly, rich in, uh, live in abundance within you. It doesn't just happen. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes intention. But it bears results. Without the allowing the word to dwell richly, there would have not been peace for me. Without the quiet time a couple of days before, without encountering that word from God, there would have been no peace come the Sunday night and in the weeks that followed. It doesn't have to be onerous. A chance to meet him, greet him, be greeted by him, and to know him in his word. What about all in worship? You know, uh, as you read that passage, um, you see that... um, the application of the word uh, and the preaching of the word, the admonishing one another, it's not done by just one person. And the, uh, the, the singing of psalms, uh, hymns uh, and spiritual songs, that kind of covers it, doesn't it? You know, you kind of get the, the feeling that, you know, sometimes how we, we have our little twitches about should it be a hymn, should it be a song, does that classify as a God song or not a God song? It's not new. Back in the early church, they were having the same discussions. But they were all doing it. That was the intention. You know, if you're at peace with God, if you're thankful to God, if you're internalising his word, that, you can't keep a, a lid on that. That should be wanting to burst out of us. More so when we're together. When we're amongst friends. And whatever we do, whether it be together in, in service, or whether it be together in service, in work, in ministry, whatever. Do it for Christ. Do it with his authority, in his name. That's what that means, isn't it? When you do something in somebody's name, you do it in their authority. Um, And do it through him. Do it for him. So we're going to stop and... um, Again, just spend a minute. Father God, would you impress upon us what is it that, uh, what's the area we don't want to be complacent, we want to be um, more than conquerors this morning. We don't want to just let things be. We want to be changed by you. Lord, if we're not experiencing peace, then uh, would you grant us that peace and show us what we need to do to maintain it? Lord, if we're, um, if we're not thankful, then Lord, will you show us why we're not thankful? What is it in our attitude or what is it that's happened in the past that just stops us from being bowled over by how good you are? Lord, if, uh, if we find that we're, we have little appetite for your word and as a result we're starving, Lord, would you make us hungry?
put within us the desire to want to eat. And Lord, as we're, we're here in worship, Lord, help us to remember, help us impress on us again that we all have a role to play in that. There are no spectators when it comes to worshipping you. There are only players. Lord, if we feel that we can't worship you, if we feel uh, distant, Lord, will you draw near and will you grant us again a revelation of Jesus' love for us? And Lord, would you put aside, will you put aside any um, agenda that's within us, any motive that's not of you? that we would be your people, standing in your authority, living in your authority, giving glory to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.